This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. An opera classic is getting a remix. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Well, you can't be one for rules. Do you understand? Now listen up and pay attention, because we've fit to put some things in motion. What you're hearing is from a new opera commissioned by the Lyric here in Chicago called The Factotum. It debuts at the Harris Theater on February 3rd. The opera is an adaptation of the classic The Barber of Seville, but as you can probably tell, it's anything but traditional. Here now to tell us all about this so-called hip-hopra is the director, dramaturg, and co-book writer Rajendra Ramoon Maharaj. First, Rajendra, I want to ask, is hip-hopra a fair characterization? I mean, do you hate or embrace that term? Listen, I embrace hip-hop because hip-hop is the element of all the things that uh, come from the Black experience and contribution to music. It's gospel, it's blues, it's rhythm, it's bebop. Um, And so it's a great moment in opera, which for a very long time has historically bypassed people of color and Mm hip-hop as one of the most influential art forms America's ever created. Um, So I'm very proud that we have this moment. You've been involved in many, many productions, but this is your first time directing an opera, right? I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) What were you thinking? I was like thinking, well, you know, um, to be perfectly honest, uh, there were many times in my journey as a storyteller where it it seemed like a very high wall. Uh, a very high white wall that I was not going to be able One to One that you scare, couldn't cross. That I could not cross. Mm-hmm. And I always think about that great quote from Harriet Tubman where she says, you know, I can look over the river and I can see all these beautiful white images of people dancing and singing, but I can't cross that river. I've been trying to cross that river. And this is the moment, I think, for many of us of color that we're crossing this river. You're crossing the river. I mentioned in the intro that this is an adaptation of The Barber of Seville. Remind us of that story. Yeah, and so it's the story of basically, you know, a barber and there's a soldier and there's a young ingenue and all of the things that could happen in a love story around the a barber shop. Um, but what makes ours unique is that it is set in the south side of Chicago. And it is set in a time, in a space, um, in the summer of 2012, which a lot of things were happening in the movement. And so it really resonates. And and I noticed before you were talking about August Wilson, and this opera, in a way like August, really uh, takes the average man and woman and makes them the kings and queens and the teachers mm-hmm. and the leaders in the culture of the barbershop, which is the center, like the black church I love that. of our community. Is that why you wanted to do this adaptation? Yes, yes. And Chicago, I mean, my God, the history of 
barbershops and how it connected to every movement in this country. Um, it's really exciting. And to see like all the characters that come into the barbershop throughout the day yeah. that make up the fabric of our community. Talk more about uh, how you connected with Will and your other collaborators. I know DJ King Rico yes. as well. Yes. Well, Will and I were doing Fire Shut Up in My Bones at the Met, which was another historic moment. Um, the first time the Met had ever produced a living African-American um, composer, Terrence Blanchard. And he was the star of it. And I was the assistant director. And we just befriended him. And on breaks, Will would be in the corner huddled working. And I'm like, you're going through this emotional show. And yet you're still working on something. He's like, I'm working on this thing called the Factotum. And uh, through the theater gods, here we are today. So talk about that, the, the Factotum. I, I want to hear about that name because it loosely translates to master of everything or... Uh jack of all trades what are you implying with yeah. the title well because of because inherently black people people of color have given the world civilization we've always had to wear many hats you know in this production i'm the stage director the dramaturg you are know you? and and so we all kind of hustle and so we wanted to kind of honor in the barbershop culture that in black barbershop culture and particularly here in chicago people wear many hats to get their stuff done did you always want to find a way to bring hip hop and R&B influences to opera? Absolutely. As a child of the 90s and just like, you know, coming up through that, <laughs> which I consider to be one of the greatest times of music. Isn't it, though? It is, girl. <laughs> and so I wanted to make sure that we could find a way. And, and Will and King, they love all forms of music, but particularly, you know, the Boys to Men, you know, and TLC. And so they brought a lot of that vibe to it with opera. Yeah. Um, so it's really exciting. I want you to help make the connection for people who still don't get it, because at first glance, you know, you, you see hip hop and opera. You might not think that that's an immediately obvious connection. What connections do you see between the two genres? Yeah, I mean, it's all about storytelling, right? And coming from an experience. So if you look at hip hop and you look at the civil rights songs and the blues and, and from even going back to slavery, the, the, the freedom songs, they're all telling the story of who we are. They're all rooted in the church. We're all rooted uh, in the church and the experience of, of the mixture of our experience and our history and our rhythms. And that's what this is bringing. And it's the first of its kind. Yeah. How else are you updating the story for these new audiences that you, you'll you'll draw in this time around? Well, one of the things that we're really cool about and excited about is that like we don't often get to explore in opera multidimensional black characters of our humanity. So we have queer characters. We have very, you know, we have immigrant characters from Africa. We have um, a love story between uh, uh, a Mexican-American female and a, a black man and how that plays out. Uh, we talk about the military. We talk about the movement and Black Lives Matter um, and just the continuing struggle to create community um, in the world. And, Take me uh, into the conversations behind the scenes when you were deciding to weave all those things in. Uh, well, as a dramaturg, it was very long. And, <laughs> uh, we always kind of rooted in the music because it is an opera. But it was um, one that we really wanted to make sure that not only um, – that could entertain, but that black people could see themselves reflected as fully realized human beings. And we had our dress yesterday and it was incredible to see over a thousand, you know, BIPOC kids experiencing their first opera and seeing themselves and the people in their community reflected as heroes and sheroes. And it was just, it was overwhelming. Oh my gosh, what did that look like? It was so moving. It was one of the most moving moments I've had in my career because we, I was that kid that leaned forward 
that had to sit in the cheap seats of life often. And so to be able to say that, no, you, you this is a path forward. This is a North Star. And your stories matter. And um, the people in your community matter. And um, it just really stirred us. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Rajendra Ramoon Maharaj. He's the director and co-librettist for the new opera, The Factotum. It debuts February 3rd at Chicago's Harris Theater. I want to hear more about what drew you to opera. Yeah. Personally. Um, Personally, what drew me is that, um, being perfectly honest, a lot of people told me that black directors don't work in opera. And I've always been a person that, that wall, that wall. And why can't I occupy that space? If I can tell these different stories and knowing coming from the black church, we are opera, you know, it is very theatrical on Easter Sunday. Absolutely. And, and coming from a Caribbean background, you know, we have Junkanoo, we have Carnival mm-hmm. and, you know, there is a theatricality to us as a people. So I always felt like I could occupy the space and fire opened the door. And once the door was opened, the talent always shines. Here's something else you said on this. This was in an interview with the lyric. You said, quote, the truth is black people have ignored opera for far too long because opera has ignored us. Yes. Yeah. You think the factotum is, is representing maybe a shift in the opera world? Absolutely. I mean, I think because of the way the city of Chicago has embraced it, um, particularly people of color, many will have their first experience like those kids did of opera. Um, I think it's what, you know, that quote I lifted from one of my heroes, Lorraine Hansberry, because she when talked about Raisin in the Sun for yeah. they had ignored Broadway until they saw Raisin. And we know what Raisin has meant for the world oh, yeah. and for Chicago. And and so I think Factotum hopefully will continue that legacy in the world of opera. Yeah. And this shift that we're talking about, this is happening, as you talked about, among the performers, but the audiences, too. Right? This is opening up witnesses to just an entirely new thing, right? Yeah. People and who have been used to seeing opera for decades haven't quite seen it like this. And also just black and brown bodies in the south side of Chicago, folks who work in the barbershops, folks who find the barbershop are coming to see themselves reflected. And for the first time, many who have been here for years and years have never walked into Chicago Lyric mm-hmm. are now coming. The barbershop is such such an important place yeah. <laughs> for, for, for black people. Such yeah. an important place for our community. So so many things are shared there. Just just a magical place. Yeah, and it, it's beautiful. I love that it's coming to stage. Barber slash beauty shop. So you've got both the oh, vibes, yes. you know? <laughs> All the secrets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think for some people, too, just thinking of the opera over time, and I'm, and by some people, I'm even talking about myself, it's felt pretty intimidating at times. Um, there's a lot of lingo a lot of new lingo, right? Um, oftentimes it's it's in a different language, yeah. too. What is your pitch, Rajendra, for, for people of all backgrounds? Why should they give opera a shot? That's a fantastic question, and I appreciate it. And I will say that I think that um, because it reflects the grandness of what we love from Hollywood and the beauty and the intimacy that we love from the theater, and it's some of the most most beautiful, powerful singers in the world come from opera. And um, and particularly with Factotum, the Factotum, it, there is literally something in the show. If you've never seen an opera, if you are like the most jaded person, that you're like, oh my God, that's my uncle. Oh my God, that's my auntie. Oh, mm-hmm. I had that experience. And so there is a, a wide um, kind of uh, entry point for folks to come into the world and see themselves reflected. 
you struck me earlier when you talked about how you're wearing all the different hats. <laughs> you're doing this role and that role and that role. What's on your theater bucket list? <laughs> well, um, I would like to eventually um, start to look at the canon from August. I met Mr. Wilson uh, when I was younger, and he became a mentor and encouraged me to write. Um, but I've always felt that his work, you need to have a certain life experience to bring to it. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I'm at that point now where I'm able to do that. And I'd like to continue to see the next generation of BIPOC directors look at opera, look at Broadway, and you know, not lose them to film and television. What do you hope folks take away from the factotum? That um, our community is strong, that we um, inherently with all the things that are happening in the world today, um, some terrible things that are happening in the world today, the barbershop really creates a hamlet where people can uh, be seen and know that their stories matter and that their lives matter. That was Rajendra Ramoon Maharaj, who's director and uh, director of The Factotum, a new opera from the Lyric And it's debuting tomorrow, February 3rd at the Harris Theater. Good luck. Thank Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much. This episode was produced and edited by Andrew Merriweather. For more arts and culture stories, be sure to hit that subscribe button. We share conversations just like this, along with all of our news coverage every weekday and on Saturdays. That's a wrap for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.